Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. Beforehand, I just want to thank all of my new listeners from the UK. Uh, I hope you enjoy my podcast and I hope you continue to listen to my podcast. So yeah, today I'm going to be investigating the uh, Elisa Lam case. It's a true crime case and basically everyone can watch the documentaries of these cases on platform like Netflix or YouTube but I just want to be straight up and summarize these cases for you because I know that not everyone enjoys listening to 16 episodes just on one case so I've decided to do like a 10 or 15 minutes podcast for you to listen to and learn about the case if you're interested in these kind of things so yeah beforehand I just want to introduce who Elisa Lam was uh she was a young adult living in Canada with her parents and she was originally uh Chinese when she turned 21 she stated in her blog that she wanted to go out in the world and meet new people, experience new stuff, and taste new cultures. That's why she traveled across America. Her blog was on Tumblr. It was kind of like a platform where she wrote about her daily life, uh, kind of like an online diary. And it's played a huge role in the investigation process. Because Elisa was short on money, when she chose to visit LA, uh, she chose the Cecil Hotel, as it was much cheaper than the hotels in the area. Though, what she didn't know was that the Cecil Hotel was famously known with its bad luck and even evil energy. Many unfortunate and sickening, like absolutely sickening, gruesome things have happened in the hotel especially in the 20th century. Uh, It is known that in the past, the hotel was home to serial killers, such as Richard Ramirez, who will probably have his own episode in the near future, uh, because I believe he is one of the most dangerous and smartest serial killers of all time. That man is a mastermind. Anyway, uh, he continued to commit his murders throughout his time there. So during 1984 and 1985, for one year, he continued killing people while he stayed at the hotel and no one noticed. That's how clever this man was. Anyway, also in 1962, a woman plunged from her death from the ninth floor to commit suicide and fell on a man walking by, a 62-year-old man. Uh, And it just took both of them out. They both died together. But I just think it's really sad that the man, the poor man, had to go with her. Like, he was just passing by. And she could have just checked her surroundings if she could jump. Like, I don't think... Uh, killing yourself is an option but if you're going to kill yourself don't kill yourself or kill someone else on your way out you know I'm sorry it's nothing to joke about but it's it, it, it it's just 
I, I can't even describe it. I can't find the words to it. Uh, also, in another incident, a 19-year-old girl who was mentally ill and unaware she was pregnant gave birth in a toilet in the Cecil Hotel. And because she didn't know what to do with the baby, her first instinct was just to throw the baby out of the window. Uh, yeah, these are all gruesome and heartbreaking incidents, and unfortunately, these are only the one, these are like the one-tenth of all the incidents combined, so to break it down, Hotel Cecil wasn't a good place to go on vacation, especially for a young person to go alone, so... I might do a more detailed video on the Cecil Hotel later because it's just a big mystery. I, I think about it every night when I close my eyes. Like, how the fuck do... I'm sorry for swearing. How do these things continue to happen? Like, where is the manager, you know? Anyway, so, yeah, this is just an introduction to the hotel and I will start the actual case from now on like i mentioned lamb was short on money so she checked into a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor which was available in the hotel you could have like roommates and bunks however she was later moved out to a room of her own because her roommates complained about certain odd behaviors I think that that is something to think about because everybody thought she was normal from her blog and stuff like that. How was she odd? What did she do? What could have she done to push the roommates off the edge, you know? It's just something to keep in mind. Anyways, Elisa Lam wrote in her blog biography, quote, you're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. That shows how adventurous and outgoing she was at that point of her life. Uh, she didn't want to waste any minute of it. So I guess she was more down to do new things. And she arrived at the Cecil Hotel on the 26th of January, 2013. Her first entry there was on the 27th of January, quote, I'm going out tonight. I really hope no creeper come near, comes near me. Seriously, though, those Italian and Mexican guys go after you strong. Show the slight, slightest inclination and they hound you. I think this entry is somewhat suspicious considering the conditions around the hotel. Uh, if you don't know what Skid Row is, it's kind of like a big area of homeless people's living, you know, homeless people live there and the the police doesn't really care what's going on in that place. Uh, people, ki the homeless people kill each other or hurt each other and the police is kind of like, okay, this place is only for the homeless and if they don't disrupt any other humans, 
it's okay for them to hurt each other. So it's a really bad place. And it's known that it was really close to the Cecil Hotel. And this is kind of thought about during the investigation. But I'll come to that later because this might not make sense to you at this point of the investigation. So investigations started in the hotel. People who stayed there were interviewed. Workers were interviewed. The manager was interviewed. People tried whatever it was to find this girl. And cameras were checked. And this is when they found their first clue. There's a video on YouTube called Alisa Lam Elevator. And you should probably watch it before you uh, continue listening to me because you probably won't understand anything I say. But if you don't want to watch it, it's fine. I'll describe it in detail anyways because it's an intense video and it might affect people who are sensitive towards these things. So just trigger warning. Uh, basically, Elisa enters the elevator, an open elevator, and starts pressing all the floors. And she's kind of acting odd. She's trying to hide from something, obviously, because she is trying to make herself look smaller than she normally is. And she's kind of checking out if someone is there outside the elevator and she then kind of peeks out and does this weird jump thing she kind of jumps as if she's trying to scare off someone or something and then she goes back in and then she does some weird ass stuff which I'm not trying to be disrespectful, by the way. It's just something that's not her. Because I've read her uh, online diary, and she's just not that type of person. Then she goes out, and the elevator closes. Something really weird is that When she presses all those buttons, the elevator doesn't go anywhere. But when she actually gets off the elevator, the door closes. There's something that we're not aware of. Someone could be holding the door and someone could be aware of the cameras. So they're trying to hide from it. But you can only see Elisa in the video. So what does that give us? What can we understand from that? After this video was found, people searched that floor especially, but she was nowhere to be found. People checked the top of the roof to see if she was there. Nothing. No sign of Elisa whatsoever. Anyways... 
Approximately 17 or 18 days after her disappearance, there was a complaint about the water quality of the hotel. And basically, they said that uh, the water is really bad. It's a weird color. It smells different. And we can't drink it because people used to drink the water in the hotel. So... The hotel was like, okay, no problem. We'll send a plumber to check the uh, water tank if that's fine by you. Uh, We're sorry about the inconvenience. All that stuff. Something a hotel should do. And the plumber was sent up there on the 19th of February. And he was going to check the water tank. He screwdrived and opened the big lid because you had to open the screws before you got into the tank and there was a problem with the water a big problem there was a girl floating in the water naked it was elisa dead and had been dead for exactly 19 days so what does that give us here's what the medical examiners had to say in the autopsy report the descendant died as a result of drowning a complete autopsy examination showed no evidence of trauma and toxicology studies did not show acute drug or alcohol intoxication descendant had a history of bipolar disorder for which he was prescribed medication Toxicology studies were performed for the presence of these drugs. However, quantitation in the blood was not was not performed due to the limited sample availability. Therefore, inter- interpretation is limited. Police investigation did not show evidence of foul play. A full review of the circumstances of the case and the appropriate consultation do not support intent to harm oneself. The manner of death is classified as accident. So, yeah. Uh, Even the medical examiners could not find out what caused this. There were rumors that this death was suicide or it was an accident, but it just does not make sense. Why would you unscrew a water tube and water tank and get into it and you can't screw it back on it just doesn't make sense you know she can't fit in here in in the tank all alone she can't do that and uh there was no signs of sexual abuse anything like that and To cut it short, there has been many uh, rumors about who did it, who did what, why it happened, whatever. But none of them were proven to be right. So uh, this case just remains unsolved. And it just has been that way for like what eight years it happened in 2013 and now we're in 2021 nearly 2022 
and I just want to send out my prayers to her family. It must be really hard knowing that uh, you're, first of all, it's really hard losing a loved one, especially losing a child, but losing your child to something so brutal and it's it's just devastating and not knowing how that happened to her is just out something out of this world like people break up and still want closure from the person uh who's still alive but this mother and father these parents her sister, her brother, I don't know if she has siblings, I didn't research that much of it, but they'll never know how she died. Maybe one day it will be solved, but for now, they're living in, they, they're questioning their whole life, you know? It, it must be really hard. By the way, I'm really sorry for my voice. Uh this is like an addition a day after recording the first part and I got sick during that time <laughs> so but I think my voice is more attractive this way so don't discriminate okay whatever uh yeah and this is the case I don't think any further research or information would be any more interesting because it wouldn't this is the summary of the case and because it's unresolved there's not much I can talk about so yeah I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'm I wish you a happy new year because it's in like what two days oh my god what oh my god tomorrow is new year's eve i did not realize that okay i'm sorry i'm going to be shutting up now uh thank you for listening i love you bye